What the fuck is going on, you goddamn degenerates? You tuned your digital dial to the home of casual MMA carnage. The only S-tier radio show coming to you every weekend to fulfill that combat quota. This is episode 6 of Just Bleed Radio. It's Sunday, bloody Sunday, September 24th, 2023, and we're coming at you with another jam-packed episode. I got my brothers in blood, Danger Mouse, No Special, and Super Dave by my side. And as always, I'm your humble host, LazyBed. Despite me being sicker than dog shit, we're here with your usual breakdowns and so much more. So hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and stick around for the festivities. UFC 296, live from Las Vegas, now sees raw dog Brandon Royval facing current champ Alessandre Pantoja for the 125-pound strap in the co-main, followed by the return of Colby Covington versus incumbent champion Leon Rocky Edwards for welterweight gold in the main event. This stacked card will also feature the corpse of Tony Ferguson taking on the little lad, Patty Pimblett, as well as both Shavkat Rachmanov, Wonderboy Stephen Thompson, and the silent assassin Vicente Luque against rising Irish star Ian Machado Gary. Uh, needless to say, we're in for an absolute treat in the coming weeks, and spirits are high in the MMA community. Do any of these matchups in particular stand out to you guys? Uh, what's your general feeling about all these major announcements? And, yeah, tell us what you think. All right, well, let me let me go first because I got to get this out of the way. Um, first off, I got to talk about my hatred of uh, Colby Covington getting a title fight. <laughs> I cannot stand the idea of this man being able to sit out for over a year with his one win in recently in recent, uh, I think it was over sixteen months of non 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 uh, competition. It is uh, over a man who retired off of a four five losing streak, Jorge Masvidal. Um, yeah, I hate this. I hate everything about this. All he would have had to do is fight Gilbert Burns, Allah Muhammad. Or hell, even he could have fought and chosen Sean Brady, which he probably could have honestly beaten. Even Michael Chiesa, he probably could have fought him and beat him. Leon or Leon Edwards literally had to fight over 12 people just to get to the point where he's a champion. And yet Colby Covington could just kind of be like, nah, I don't want to fight anybody. A year and a half later comes back. I kind of want to fight somebody and it's only for the title. <laughs> yeah, sure, Colby. Yeah, yeah. why not? Yeah, his, his last three or four wins are coming off uh, guys who were all older than 36 and it all come off two losses or something like that. I think I saw uh, uh, Lucas Tracy talking about today. So, yeah, completely undeserved uh, title uh, shot for uh, Colby, I'm afraid. Some bullshit. Just, just some stupid bullshit. I like the matchup as it is, like a wrestler not, not similar to Usman, um, who's got decent hands. Um, his cardio is going to hold up, but with this kind of fight, it would have been nice to see him at least get one fight, just one fight. And then maybe we could have, I could be more interested in the fight, but then they're trying to tell me like, I remember a lot of the like, uh, outside media of the UFC was more like, well, this is just going to happen. This is just going to happen. And I'm thinking to myself as a fan who watches the sport. Why am I supposed to be happy about this fight? <laughs> I don't know. 
I understand that there's like a clogging of the division at the top, but like that's Colby's fault. And on top of it, they ran back a rematch of a fight that, you know, it, it was competitive the second time around, but the first time wasn't like it was, it, it looked like it was almost over and then it completely switched the entire division on its head. And then sure enough, we're here now with Leon having not fought in nine months. And I'm pretty sure that wasn't by his design. I, it just, it, it, it irks me a lot. It irks me so much. <laughs> uh, I just, what, I needed to get that off my chest. What does, what does Colby have on Dana that got in this fight? That's the question. I, wait, that's the other thing too. Like, what is it? There's nothing that, is, Colby's not a pay-per-view star. He's not even a main event guy that you can count on on a regular basis. I think he only had maybe two or three. And even then, on top of it, like he had the interim title fight with RDA. That wasn't even the main event. I think that the current number is uh, 2,000 plus days since he's beaten an opponent coming off a win. <laughs> oh, my God. That's even worse. It's even worse. It is what it is, I guess. Dana White privilege there, I say. Holy love. Oh, I mean... I don't even think it's that. I think they literally just don't like any of the other contenders. And it's like, really, because you have Shavkat Rachmanov there. You have Bala Muhammad, who can kind of talk up a game, even if he is kind of cringy. But, like, he could at least – he has some kind of personality. And then you have, like, guys in the wings, uh, Jack Della Maddalena. You have a Ian Gary. You have other contenders who are still around and still kicking. Like, there was a way you could have made this work. We burned Gilbert Burns having a three-fight winning streak on Bilal Muhammad, who wasn't even 100% to begin with. Like, any one of these guys could have fought Colby once, and Colby could have at least said, okay, I fought a contender and been ready. But now it's like, okay, well, we just kind of wasted everybody's time with this. Yeah, I just looked at Colby's biggest pay-per-view. We got 700000 against Usman the second time they fought. Other than that, okay. we're in uh, any big numbers. Nothing compared to that, though, right? I'm, I'm just scrolling down the list now, and I can't see anything else at the moment. I'm, the I'm biggest into, fight. I'm into the 300,000s, and I haven't seen him uh, since that fight. Well, also, let's keep in mind a lot of the fights for Colby have been, like, they're not really disclosing pay-per-views that much anymore, so... A lot of his fights on pay-per-view cards might not have been disclosed as far as by. Do you think that's a policy that they keep on hand, or is it just like, well, when they get the numbers, they're not going to dispute it? Yeah, everybody went quiet. <laughs> no, I, I asked everybody the general question. I don't know who's going <laughs> to... I was too busy just... scrolling through the uh, pay-per-views list, and I wasn't paying that much attention. Sorry. Well, because that is a thing where it's like... that somebody will get a hold of numbers and then kind of throw it out. Like we're generally thinking this is what it could be. This isn't accurate, but this is what they usually are. Like they used to with the pay-per-view buys beforehand. Now they still have people who can get a hold of numbers. They're not exact numbers, but they're close. And even the fighters are even saying what they're uh, like. O'Malley said he was like over 500,000 in his uh, pay-per-view win over uh, uh, Aljamain Sterling. Right. Yeah. And even Aljamain, I think, had said at one point, I think he said he made over 250,000 buys at one of his uh, – against Cejudo. Like, he, there's 
there's ways to get the numbers. It's just not easy, I guess. There is ways to get the numbers. I mean, I think Dana White and the company Brass and ESPN might have access to the numbers, and they might let on to the fighters some of the numbers. But I think unless you're fighting under the right commission, they are like not available anymore. And you can put about as much faith into them as those fake paydays that get released. Yeah. Mm. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not I'm not upset about Colby getting his title shot. I mean, for a long time, he looked like the number two uh, welterweight in the world. And, uh, you know, I thought the UFC did kind of do him dirty by taking the title fight or taking the interim belt from him just because uh, he couldn't do the fight on their timetable or whatever. And, uh, you know, he did offer to fill in on short notice for the title fight. And I'm not yes. sure anyone else deserves a title fight right now. So fuck it. When you play the company, you play the company man for UFC, and they they have a tendency to slide you a little bit of extra butter on your biscuit. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a secret at all. Like Dana loves his company guys, and he treats them well. So. Mm-hmm. Do you call Kobe a company guy though? I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I think so. He's the same dude who recorded Dana literally playing poker with a random woman. <laughs> Yeah, that was in the past. I think he's become like a yes man since then. He hasn't even fought anybody else since Usman. Oh, I'm sorry, um, since uh, Masvidal, though. That's the thing. Is like, but he said yes to filling in short notice. Like, I don't. I'm not aware of him turning down opportunities. He, Dana presents to him. Well, that's different than accepting fights, though. Is it? I think it is because, in my opinion, Dana doesn't like people that don't like to fight. What's this thing? It's like if you don't want to fight, that's fine, but you won't get paid for it. Well, he also doesn't really require that his like really high ranked fighters even fight all that often. Like it's kind I of unusual, but I don't think it's that unusual. And I don't think there's a deserving number one contender anyway. Like I don't think he deserves it, but I don't think anyone really deserves it. So let's think, keep the I champ think, active and uh let's just book some fights. That's a that's a really good point about the activity, especially at welterweight, because welterweight has been stagnant forever and there doesn't seem to be until now uh any real push or concern to get things moving and i think that's that's really my biggest takeaway from all these fights being announced is the amount of welterweight that are on the 296 card uh you know you got of course the title fight and then you've also got gary and luke on there you've got uh um Gastelum uh, fighting Sean Brady soon. Yeah, uh, Rachmanov and Wonderboy is also on the same uh, the same card. So there's a lot of uh, welterweight stuff going on at 296. R.I.P. Wonderboy. I like you as well. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I definitely got shot caught in that one. I'm sorry, Stevie. Yeah. I, I could understand him wanting to take on Usman and have a fight against him because it led him to a possible title shot, but. Fighting a guy who's one rating above him and who's an absolute killer. I don't think that was a very wise uh, career move at all for uh, Wonderboy. And just looking at the rankings, Hamza is still ranked at number four, and we know he ain't uh, fighting uh, at 170. Very unlikely. Yeah, I think Stephen just, uh, he still thinks that. He's almost got like the Ferguson in him a little bit, where he's got that fighter delusion where he thinks that he's going to be on another run. And, uh, like, after his last fight, after, um, what's his oh. name, pulled out, 
he said that he wanted to give an opportunity to a, a Ponzinibbio, who I think pulled out. And he said he kind of wanted to give an opportunity to an up-and-comer like Gary and Shavkat. And also, he feels like if he gets a win over like a young up-and-coming stud, then like he won't be denied some kind of title shot or something like that. Like, oh, I think, think that's beat, train of thought. If he beats Shavkat, he deserves a title shot, quite frankly. The guy's, the guy's a real killer. You know, it's 17 fights. Was it eight, nine submissions and eight KOs? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Has a finish for every single fight he's ever competed in. Yeah, and he's undefeated. This man is a fucking monster. Yeah, and he's he's Sanko's uh, favorite fighter as well. We all know that. <laughs> well, nobody's gonna mention the uh, husk that is Tony Ferguson taking on Patty the Batty. That's another RIP one. Oh God, I don't know. I think Tony's got a chance. We said that in his last fight. <laughs> I I, I kind of, you know, I'm with Dave on the Bobby Green team, so I thought Bobby was going to smoke him. But I, Patty, you know, I'm not shitting on Patty too much, but I think this is, a you know, the first, you know, I, I guess, actual test for Patty in the UFC. The, despite Gordon was the actual test, though. Am I, am I not mistaken? Yeah. But I mean, as far as, like, taking out a, a guy with some real name value and – I think Tony, you know, at least in the striking department, could give Patty some fits. So uh, yeah, yeah. If Patty keeps his chin up as he's fond of doing, it's quite possible that Tony could land something there, and we'll yeah, see. Would, if he's get knocked out or not? I would love to see Tony split Patty wide open with a nice elbow. You think he can do it? Why the fuck not? Yeah. Yeah, no, I actually really. I really like this matchup. I think, uh, you know, Tony's not there anymore, but he's not going to quit fighting. And if he's not going to quit fighting, I don't want to see him match any killers or anything like that. And Patty's kind of on the lower end of the spectrum of, like, good UFC-level lightweights. And I think it is a winnable fight for Tony. I'm not sure he will get it done, but I don't think he's going to get beat the shit out of and, like, take a whole bunch of damage. Uh, no, probably yeah. get killed. If he loses, he'll probably get subbed. Yeah, he might get his back taken or some shit like that. But and also, this is—I mean—it's a good litmus test for both the fighters. Like Tony, maybe shouldn't still be around, but he's going to take fights. Well, he has, know, maybe. he has dropped out of the top fifteen now. So yeah, and I mean, Patty can—I I think it's also a winnable fight for Patty. And you know, the UFC likes making names off their legends, and I'm kind of glad that they would, you know do it with someone that's not a killer for once, like Frankie Edgar versus uh, Cheeto or something like that. Like, it's not, you know, some kind of horrible matchup for Tony. And so, fuck it, let these guys fight. Both of them aren't very good, and uh, no one will probably get hurt too bad. Maybe we'll see Patty get all cut up. That'll be fun. Oh, I'm sure it's got to be a pretty good payday for Tony. That's, you know, Patty the Batty, that's got to be a money fight. Even though it's not going to be a, a main or co-main, he's they got to sweeten the pot for him a little bit. Well, I think his name, I think, gives him enough to get paid decently. But I don't know. I don't know. It's it's not ideal. I don't like it at all. My question really is: Where's that fight going to end up on the card? Is that going to be the opener to the main card for two ninety six? 
could be. We've got Edwards versus Covington as the main event. It has to be Pantoja versus Roy Valas. Um, I can't I can't see Shavkat versus Thompson being much more yeah. card. At the way they've got it written out on uh, Wikipedia at the minute, which obviously it's not the full card. They've got Tony Ferguson versus Pimblet as the third fight, and then Thompson and Rav- um, Shavkat as the fourth one listed. But as I said, it's only a partial card. You know, the way I, if I was doing it, I would put it to headline the card leading into the U- into the pay per view, like headline yeah, the prelims. But yeah, I don't know if. Uh, you know, Patty thinks she's a star and all that, and he might be like, you know, I only want to fight on the pay-per-view. So I actually think they'll probably make it the second fight on the pay-per-view. Like, they tend to not use a name on the lead-ins that much, and I'm pretty sure it'll be the second fight on the pay-per-view card, but it should be the uh, headliner of the prelims. They could potentially, if they don't use uh, Patty and Tony for the feature prelim, they could use Machado, Gary, and Luque. That's also yeah, that might, yeah, that actually might be better for the headline in the prelims. I would have much, much rather seen uh, Gary against Stephen Thompson, been a much more fun fight. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a treat to watch on the feet. Yeah, a, a treat on your feet. <laughs> What do you think about the uh, Pantoja or Pantoja? I'm not going to try and uh, go all Brazilian on his uh, name. Uh, versus Hoival. I think that's a fight to make. Um, is, is Figure- does Figueiredo have a fight booked at the moment? Or is he injured? Am I forgetting something? I, th- I think he has a fight booked at 135 against Rob Fine. Yep, uh, that's, uh, that's coming yeah. up as well. That makes sense. I was just curious because obviously he's one of the last guys to beat uh, Pantoja. So you'd think he'd get a shot back at him. I'm a bit surprised at Hoyval. Um, who did I look at now? Amir uh, Albazi. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious why he's, he hasn't got a title shot, to be honest. He looks like um, a killer. Probably because Flyweight's been so busy with fucking eight rematches and shit. <laughs> oh, they were good fights, though. Like, well, if you're going to say anything about Yeah, I'm not Albazi, saying they weren't good fights. I'm just saying, like, that's maybe why other contenders haven't had a chance because, you know, they had, like, four title fights or whatever, and then... Uh, you know, I don't think anyone would argue that Pantoja didn't deserve it, so there just hasn't been time, really. Well, that's the other thing, too, is Pantoja was willing to wait. And then on top of it, um, I think the reason why he hasn't been able to fight is because he's waiting for his title shot. But that fight against Kaikar France was disputed, if I remember correctly. Like, it was close, and that was his last fight. Yeah. I'm imagining if you're looking at the two available contenders, it was either Roy Val. Or it was um, uh, Amir. And uh, that's it. Because everybody else is either coming off a loss or had already fought for the title. And if you need a division to kind of get moving again, you need new contenders fighting for the title, not the same people fighting over it. And also, are any of you, guys, are any of you an Amir fan? Like a fan? I, was, I thought his fight was good. But are you a fan? Fan is a strong word, but you know, I was a, yeah, I admire like, his. I, I, I think, but now Amir is pretty talented and he looks pretty good, but I'm not sure he has like any fans at all. So maybe from like, his region, but 
but he just never gets brought up. Like, like I'm kind of surprised Danger actually brought him up. I hardly ever hear of him. I think he just has a name for himself and people like but he's even there. Does he speak English? Mm, I have no idea. Because that obviously does make a difference uh, when you're trying to get promoted. So arguably why uh, Shavkat hasn't got that bigger social presence uh, compared to, say, uh, Hamza. Well, very similar fighters, but Hamza is much, much bigger on social media. Makes a lot more noise about himself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, honorable mention here that I want to get in before we move on. We've None of us have brought it up. Uh, Roman Delize versus Jared Cannonier. Uh what? Yeah, that's upcoming. Is that on 295 or 295? Uh, not 295. I think this is in December. I want to say December 2nd card it might have been. I don't have it in front of me, but I do have it written down. That it, it, uh, it's, it's official. Delize Cannonier. I don't I don't understand that fight because, A, Roman Delizze lost to Vittori, who Vittori just lost to Cannoneer in a near 10-8, like several rounds 10-8. Like, there's no reason why they should be fighting. Delizze should have to fight someone lower than him. And Cannoneer should honestly be the next to fight for the title if it's not, if it's not um, uh, Drake Estuplessis. My God, that confuses me. <laughs> that matchmaking doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, by, by Colby's rules, he deserves a title shot now. So he made weight and stood in. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. And he has to travel all the way to Australia to do it as well. So he definitely deserves it. Yeah, that does deserve some sort of commendation. I think I said what? last week, I'd have liked to have seen Sean uh, try and get his loss back against... Uh, Kind of near anyway, that would have suited me. I mean, I don't think Dolice looked bad in his last fight. And I mean, they've got Cannoneer at number four now. And I think it's a good matchup. I don't, I'm not mad at it. No, it should be a fun I, fight. Dolice's no, got something. Well, my, my whole thing is, is like, if we're just going to be matching people up because they're available, we're not trying to match them up to move them up to the title. You know what I mean? If we're just trying well, to go fight, they wins this, it's good progress towards the title. Cannoneer I mean, literally has two wins, and one yeah, of but, them is but, over the current champion. But both fighters can't always be like you win this and you get a title shot. Like no, I mean, no, 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 no. I'm merely suggesting that they probably should have booked it after he gets a win. Maybe like if Roman was to fight, let's say, um. Paulo Costa, if he loses, or if he fights, uh, Roman fights uh, Robert Whitaker, you know. Well, what do you, you do with Jared Cannon here then? Just does he does he sit out and wait for him to run Sean, and is he back? You either give him the opportunity to fight for the title next, or you have him fight Drakus. Uh, I don't. I think Drakus has got a better argument for a, t- a way way better argument for a title shot than Jared. You're not wrong. You're not I think wrong. If anyone, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Oh, okay. This is fine. 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 All right. Hold on, Hold on brother. He has the best argument for a title shot. Like, Jared's argument isn't anywhere close. I mean, if anyone should sit out and wait for a title shot opportunity, it's Drikus. And that's what he's doing. You have seen running back Sean and Izzy. literally beat the champion. UFC is running back Sean and Izzy. And then after that, Drikus is going to get the winner. 
So it's like, they, does they, Kenan they, just they, that out for a year, or does he take a fight? And so he's just taking a well, fight. I don't even know if they're going to commit to the fight anymore because even Dana said, well, I don't know. I don't know. We'll look at yeah. it. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. They, they weren't even uh, – most recently uh, when Dana came back to the, uh, the press conferences, he said he wasn't committed to it. Plus on uh, Izzy's his, his recent interview, he didn't seem to be any in any hurry to come back and fight Sean. I think he's quite happy to come in and take someone else, to be honest. That'd be the best option for him, though, too. Jared doesn't mind the fight. Like, he accepted it. Well, he wants to stay busy. I just don't think that's the right move for him. Yeah, I think that's that's probably what it is, though. It's just Jared wanting to stay busy. Yeah. That's the only thing that makes sense for him to take this fight. I think it's a great opportunity for Dulize, and it's a very winnable fight for Jared, so. Fuck it. Yeah. While we're on the topic of Roman Delize, I got to shout out our boy Brian Campbell because Delize is uh, shacked up to our girl Cheyenne Velismas now. So we know BC. Oh, loves. shit. Shout <laughs> out BC. I want to shout out JP Byes for being a legend during all this, just doing his thing. <laughs> Didn't he get cut? Did you call him the. Well, I don't know if he Yeah, I think cut. he got I think cut. He's... I think he was like really creepy and kind of a stalker too, but. Yeah. You know, that's still a tough, tough to go through. When you're a cuck, nothing's easy. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) I'm not even sure what a cuck is. Do you mind breaking it down for me real quick, Austin? Um, I don't know if I could divulge said information. Or I'm at liberty. God damn it. No. I can't I can't do it, Dave. I'm sorry. All right. Well before we move on, also I will say I'm really intrigued by uh the Sean Brady and Kelvin Gaston fight too. Really hope to see Kelvin get another win and like a definitive win this time. Uh Sean Brady is a friend of Morning Combat and he's a certified donk. I'm just not sure he's very good at MMA as a whole. And uh I think it's a good fight for my guy Kelvin to get in there and uh get a solid win. You know, his last fight was a controversial finish. So hopefully he makes weight and shows up. And uh, I think that will be like, I'm hoping it's a highlight performance for Gaslam and he gets it done with his hands and uh, has a kind of fun show. I'm going to say it's probably a safe fight for him. I mean, they were originally planning to put him up against Shafkai, right? Uh, I don't know how that would have been, and I'm glad he didn't take that fight eventually. <laughs> Just This is a better fight for him against a, a high-level grappler, someone who's not necessarily known for his boxing or striking. He's legitimately going to try to pile-drive you and submit you. That's what he does. That's the best kind of fight that Kelvin can get into and then just kind of get a feel for the division again. I, I'm, I'm interested in the fight. And also, that was the most backhanded compliment I think I've ever heard of a fighter. He's a certified dunk, but I don't know if he's actually good at fighting. <laughs> well, they're not. You know, you can be a good dunk and, you know, be a legend and kind of suck at MMA. God, Jesus. Okay. Like, this dude All got right. pieced up by Kiesa and got, like, TKO. Didn't Bilal TKO him? He did, yeah. but yeah. that was Bilal rematched or uh, revived. More or less, like he finally got leveled up. Shout out, Bilal yeah, Muhammad. But 
Like that wasn't even Switch fighting Bilal. Like that was before he even got into Switch. Like that was Bilal one point five. He trained with Khabib, bro. He you learn how to channel your inner um your inner Khabibiness. And sure mm. enough, it showed up in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, you ready to keep this thing moving along? Because I got a feeling we're gonna have quite a bit to say about segment two. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's go. All right, guys, another Apex card in the can. This time was headlined by ranked lightweight contenders Rafael Faziv and Matoush Gamrot. That's how you say it, Matoush, in case you didn't know. Johnny, I told you so. Uh, as I said on last week's show, Faziv entered in off of a tough loss to Justin Gagey back in March, and Gamrot had split his last two with a loss to Benil Daryush, followed by a decision win over Jalen Turner. Unfortunately, this one ended in injury with Fazeev seemingly damaging his plant leg on a kick at 2.03 of round two. Uh, how do you guys feel about this win for Gamrot? And what's this mean for Fazeev now looking back or looking at a uh, back to back L's here? Oh, well, I'll, I'll just jump straight in on this one. Um, for Fazeev, what it means is about nine months off and out of the game, maybe a year, I guess depending how bad the the injury turns out. For Gamrot, it's not added to his stock in any way. Uh, so I don't think it's really... The fire hasn't taught us a damn thing, to be honest. It's We're just in the same situation, but Fazeev's out. Um, just trying to look at the rankings now and see, see who he's going to fight next, if anyone. And he's after uh, Oliveira, isn't he? But that presumes that Oliveira will lose to Islam. And then Gaethje will fight Islam. And then he wants to fight uh, Olives. So I guess I guess that's what's next for him. Uh, it's either that or he fights Michael Chandler. And obviously he's hanging on like a, a grim death trying to get his Connor fight. <laughs> Fire is not going to fight him because Fire's bad looks of it is moving up to 170 for some money fights. And Gaethje's, like I say, he's, he wants his title shot, which he has every right to. With the recent competition he's beaten, you know, getting wins over Fiziev and Poirier, he, he definitely deserves his shot. So, yeah, that's about all I've got really to say on that one. Uh, it's a shame because the first round was looking quite interesting. Pretty close round, and I'm sure things would have got much better as the fight went on, but obviously, blue is yeah. now. End of fight. <laughs> did we, did we uh, think that was kind of bullshit, the way he was celebrating afterwards? Oh yeah, for sure. You, I, I, I didn't like it, but you know, he, he, he. I thought it was the leg he was throwing that he first injured. I was like, well, technically he blocked it and you know addressed it, and then that caused the injury. But then we found out because the commentary doesn't know what the hell's going on that it was actually his plant leg that actually shifted, and you could see the knee kind of buckle, and you're like, oh, that's okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's up there with uh, Grasso celebrating last week at her, uh, you know, in quotation marks win. I that, I'll I'll let that one slide more off more because it wasn't like I thought she won, but it was a close fight. This one's just more like, bro, you you actually didn't do anything. <laughs> you you literally blocked the kick, and his own leg injured him somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like Khabib saying he beat Tony Ferguson because he tripped over a cable. <laughs> That's funny, 
Yeah, I, th- I thought this one was an interesting fight, but it ended up being almost like a waste of everyone's time. Like, we didn't really learn that much from the fight. Um, I think currently uh, Fazeev is ranked ahead of Gamro, and I think they might end up swapping places after this fight just because that's how the way MMA rankings work. But uh, as far as how it actually plays out, it's almost like neither of them won or lost. I think uh, Fazeev will recover and get another big fight. And... Uh, you know, Gamrat is still kind of in the same position he was as a contender, and we'll have to uh, get another one or two before he's even like looking at a title shot. I know he said he did call out uh, Oliveira, but I think he forgot. He said, "I don't want to." He said, "I want a title shot, but I don't want to uh, call out Islam yet." So I'm going to call out Oliveira. I think he maybe didn't realize that they already have a fight book, but <laughs> I'm not sure if he gets. I think he'll have to fight a. Uh, another contender fight before he gets possibly someone like Oliveira or uh, Islam. So I'm still hoping for Islam to do something like 170 after this next fight or another Volk fight. So I kind of hoping for my own thing to play out. Fantasy MMA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did How you think of the fight, Lazy? Uh, you know, I... It was a it was a bummer overall. I mean, of course, I didn't want it to end like that. Uh, it, it, actually, I mean, leading up to it, it wasn't quite what I had imagined it was going to be either. So it was a uh, uh, different than what I expected coming in, and then of course, a different ending than I saw, uh, foresaw. But uh, I think like my biggest thing is, do, uh, you know, two losses in a row now for Fazeev. With this one, however fluky, but two in a row in this division is kind of fucking rough. Uh, I I really like them, but I, I hope they don't, you know, I don't know, penalize them too heavily for two in a row, two losses. Yeah, like I I put an asterisk on this loss, like you know, by injury, and I I really think the UFC matchmakers will treat it like a injury kind of thing and not really penalize him and move him back down in the rankings. Like, I think he'll get a uh, another, you know, top six guy or something like that. And I mean, that's yeah, just what I'm expecting. It should be like Aspinall with the uh, blades, you know, when he blew his knee out. Uh, it shouldn't. Yeah, that's a good, uh, that's yeah. a good comparison. Yeah, it is. That's really good. Yeah, it's not like he lost the fight. He actually looked really good in it. And then even then was still pressuring um, going into it, I thought it would probably, I, the way that the fight was looking, I thought it actually was going to play out how I thought it was, you know, the way Gamrot was kind of circling out a little bit, looking for entries, not trying to pressure as he usually would. And then Fiziev was actually pressuring a little bit more powerful strikes, fast strikes, landing accurately, you know, but Gamrot kind of no selling a lot of it. Um, Gamrot also landing maybe one or two strikes of his own throughout the contest. And, I'm, I looked at it as if like, okay, well, these guys want to get back into the, you know, contention because they were both on title contention routes before both of them eventually lost. And then, you know, subsequently wanted to get back into it, look to refresh their, uh, their careers and possibly be title contenders again. I'm thinking at this point, Fazio just needs to take the time off. He's been fighting at the highest level of this division recently, and he's had some 
really rough fights as of late. Not not taking a ton of damage, but just facing really tough competition. It'd probably do him some good to take some time off, especially with his knee. Um, come back fresh, ready for whatever's available, and take the first fight that comes along just to get a, a work in, get an easy victory, and then get back on the win streak. Uh, as for Gamrot, his only option is to take somebody coming off of a loss because nobody's going to want to fight backwards, especially in this division currently. As it stands, Poirier would probably be the best matchup for him as far as a guy who has a name and a guy who has a ranking that's right next to the title. But Poirier won't fight backwards and he won't fight anybody that's got like a less than a million followers or some shit. Does Benil have, have a fight booked at the moment? I believe he is currently supposed to be booked against uh, Armin, if that's rumored. If not, that probably... I mean, it's a rematch of a fight they just recently had. I think they had less than a less than a year ago. Yeah, um, yeah. Because then, it, even if he takes Armin in that one, that one's a rematch of a fight two and a half years ago, maybe two. So, I would say the best matchup, like you said, Danger, is probably Michael Chandler. And there's a whole there's a whole fucking rant I have about <laughs> Michael Chandler. So, I'm gonna save that until later. But like. It's the only other matchup that'll actually get him somewhere and movement and keep him busy, but at the same time, it it gets him closer to his goal of a title fight. It it definitely would help him, but that's neither here than there or there because this division's stuck in the mud currently. Yeah, Michael Chandler at five really kind of hurts things if he's not going to be active and actually fighting people. But is it is it his no, fault for holding on for that fight, or is it fucking Connor's fault for doing Connor shit and holding this up? Dana, it's Dana. Connor's <laughs> gonna say whatever he says because he's a you know fucking cokehead. He's just gonna be you know doing blow off of hookers off a yacht. The guy <laughs> literally doesn't care what he's doing. He's he's literally going to basketball games in Miami to get a a hookup for coke, and then literally is getting caught up for doing it and then has no issues of like oh well maybe i'll fight oh, maybe i'll fight maybe i'll not i don't know you never know these days <laughs> like like are you fucking kidding me dude you're literally we're waiting for a fight for you to come back to you won't enter the yasada pool because he doesn't want to get in trouble for testing for drugs and not the the hands type i'm pretty sure he just doesn't want to get found out for doing some random shit that's is what it is i'm pretty sure that's what the, his whole thing is but you're wait. You're literally making this man, Michael Chandler, waste his whole fucking, you know, prime you whatever left of his years are of competing. He could have already fought twice by now, compared to how he was fighting beforehand. Michael Chandler could have literally fought two guys and stopped the top ten, and probably lost one and won one, and still be in the same spot that he was. I feel well, like he he's should- not. He's not forcing Michael Chandler to wait. Like Michael Chandler is choosing to wait. Dana is literally the one. That's why I said Dana. Dana's the one that says, oh, yeah, it's going to happen. That's going to be the fight. That's going to be the fight. You know, but he doesn't want to commit to anything because he doesn't know what the hell Mike, uh, Connor's going to do. He can make Con- uh, Chandler wait because Chandler's going to be a good boy and wait for his opportunity, just like they said in the Ultimate Fighter. You'll do what you're told. Do what you're told. <laughs> it's like, like you we're going to fucking make this guy waste his whole fucking time. Like, we could have literally had him fought Armin. We could have literally had him fought. Benny, we could have literally had him fought Gamera or Fiziev or anybody else in the top 10. But no, we're going to make Michael Chandler fucking wait. And now Michael Chandler's in too deep. 
he's literally in too deep to fucking wait to fight somebody else. He's he's he either accepts the fight now and they maybe fight in December, or he has to hope that Connor gives him the fight in January. Yeah, I'm we, still we, holding that <laughs> it's gonna be he's not fighting in December. Connor's not fighting in December, he's fighting next year. Yeah, you guys better hope you got that bet going on. You don't want to be losing your bot. <laughs> I'm just I'm pretty I am I am in no way afraid of giving the bot up. I'm just saying <laughs> that bot is definitely mine. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh before we move on, we still gotta discuss the co-main event here. Uh, the co-main event saw Hawaii native 50K Dan Ige pitted against Darkensaw's own thug nasty Bryce Mitchell. And despite losing his fruit trees and having dated a witch, Mitchell would pull out a somewhat controversial decision win. Uh, obviously, the real talking points here are Bryce's pre- and post-fight antics, but I wonder how you all saw the fight and what is Thug Nasty's ceiling at featherweight. DM, let's go to you here first on this one. Overtime! <laughs> I, <can't laughs> really, I don't know if you can hear that or not, but I couldn't resist throwing it on in the background there for a couple of seconds. Uh, yeah, Thug Nasty um, with his camo shorts um, came out and did kind of, I guess, what we expected him to do. Uh, he didn't get a submission, but Ige is obviously pretty handy at uh, his own BJJ. Um, I thought that Bryce won the fight, but I could see. Uh, I, th- I was watching someone again this uh, this afternoon. I think it might have been uh, Guru talking about the the fact he 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 was cut in. I can't remember if it was round one and round two. You know, below the eye and above the eye by Ige, and that could you know nudge those rounds in his favour. Even though Bryce was much more dominant for the vast part of the round. Um, yeah, so. A decent enough win, I guess, for Bryce. Nothing spectacular. And as for the as for the entire praying with uh, Dan Ige, I don't think Dan was down for that at all. He, he just wanted to get the hell out of there having lost. Uh, <laughs> the, entire, the entire stunt with the Bible, you know. I'm English. We're not very religious on on our uh, scepter dial. Uh, so I always <laughs> kind of, I always kind of cringe when uh, anyone gets very religious in the cage. So yeah, <laughs> please of... let let Dan pray, please. <laughs> that was so funny, Mike Bisping with the uh, probably with the commentator, you know, the production team in his ear going, "Get the fucking mic away from him, quick!" We're <laughs> <laughs> owned by fucking Disney. Get the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was actually a pretty good fight. Um, I thought Ige might actually. Could have had the nod with the impact and all that. And I think that the ringside doctor potentially robbed Ige because he went in there and checked the eye. And that thing was fucking shut. There was no way Bryce could see through that thing. I mean, it was closed. And the doctor's like, he's good. So uh, (laughs) I think Bryce should uh, thank his Lord Jesus and the doctor for kind of helping him out. Because I think many other commissions and doctors would have stopped that fight. That doctor was tired. She'd been in and out of the ring at least three or four times that night. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking overtime, that poor girl. Just fatigue. Fatigue was setting in. She was over it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I knew I knew it was going to be a kind of a 
maybe sketchy decision, but uh, I was actually hoping that Bryce might get the nod just so I can hear what kind of dumb shit he was going to say in his post fight. And uh, <laughs> I'm okay with all like the religious theatrics and stuff. Uh, I've kind of gotten used to it in MMA. And, uh, you know, I think Mike had to be expecting it because it was on uh, Mike and Anthony Smith's podcast last Thursday night, maybe, where he just like kind of went all in on all yeah. of his conspiracy shit. So he kind of had to know what was coming. I thought Bryce actually kind of did a tame, you know, Satan's coming and the apocalypse is coming and we're fighting them and all that. But, you know, I kind of enjoy that kind of stuff. I don't agree with it. I don't believe it. I think it's fun. Uh, felt kind of awkward for Ige, but at the end, you know, they bowed and, like, put their heads down. So I was like, all right, they're good. And You know, I actually enjoyed the theatrics more than the fight itself though bryce did have a nice slam and uh some nice moments on the ground in the fight that was fun to watch uh, what god this i just i don't i don't care for bryce mitchell because is it, it as good as he is on the ground it's just his boxing kind of seems kind of like lackadaisical almost like he doesn't know how to throw proper strikes when he wants to it's usually kind of like the opposite. Like he'll throw a random decent strike every so often and drop Edson Barbosa, or he'll like throw a right hand that like, you know, stuns somebody and he'll just take them down and not ground and pound more often than not. He's actually a really good jujitsu practitioner. He's got some decent grappling exchanges that he has out of his pocket. Danny Ige actually looked really good. I thought he just, he struggled because this, you know, Bryce's bread and butter is taking you to the mat and suffocating you, you know, but you know, I, I looked at the fight thinking, okay, well, Dan has to just keep it standing. If Dan keeps it standing, he's probably got a good chance of winning. Dan tried. It, you can't say he did it, but he, he definitely didn't win the fight, I don't think. Um, that being said, I don't like Bryce's chances at all against other people in this division. I mean, as far as uh, Dan's probably the middling level of like a gatekeeper. Like an actual, not like in a bad term, but like he's like, if you beat him, you're probably good enough to fight for the title. Doesn't mean you win, especially against Volkanovski, but you're, you have the ability to fight for the title. Um, I don't think Bryce is going to get any other wins other than maybe, you know, Brian Ortega or Giga. And even then, I'd favor both of them to beat him. Oh, Bryce, Bryce walks kind of, over Giga. Bryce takes down Giga and just wraps them up like I a don't, snake. I, that he can handle his strikes. If he couldn't handle, you know, getting hit by Ilya Teporia, how's he going to handle getting a back kick to the face? Oh, wait, that's well, he, right. He'll probably he, lean into it because he thinks he can not get knocked out. That he works so flu, well. He gets, like, he he and Teporia and fucking Giga are two completely different fighters. Like They both are power strikers. By definition, they will look to finish the fight more often than not. Have you seen Giga's recent fights? I've, have you seen what he was beforehand? Yeah, before. It, this before fight, he, he still brought it. Cater. It was, of course, he, he had a you know he had a rough fight against Cater, who he fought into his his range. He gave him the fight because Cater actually pressured him. Bryce doesn't do that. Bryce also looks to take the fight down at all costs. Giga just needs to block a couple of those takedowns, and the next thing you know, he'll probably fucking drop Bryce. But that's a lot easier said than done than a scrambly fighter like Bryce. Like, I think he's an idiot. He's done it before. All his takes he's are done, stupid. He's done it before. But he's a good fighter. He's a fun fighter. I mean, he's not a good striker, but overall, he tends to get that's, the job done. Never that's mind. my thing. 
they go against the lower level of the division. This isn't we're talking about the top ten. You know, Danny Gay, is he as top much 10? as I love as the Giga, as the, Giga, Giga Giga is in the top right. ten currently. Yeah, he's number eight. Well, yeah. that's weird. <laughs> well, the division's had some turnover as of late. So, you know, a couple of fights here and there, and now the division's kind of been shaking up a little bit. Like, he's not beating um, Max Holloway. Rice is not beating Max Holloway for sure. Like, he's not beating anybody past that. But Rice probably fighting Brian Ortega would be interesting. Fighting Yair Rodriguez would be interesting. I don't think he wins any of those fights, but it would be nice to see him fight those guys. Just to see... He because he, he's like a he's like Colby Covington without the striking. I would like, like to he, see. I would like to well, see uh, uh, Bryce versus Ortega. That'd be a good fight. I think. Uh, I mean, Ortega would probably piece him up on the feet. Uh, that's that's pretty much a, a given for most of the guys in the top ten. Uh, but yeah. the one I, the one I really want to see is I want to see him rematch him versus Elwev. They were supposed to hmm. fight and they never did. And I think that would be a fucking grappling war. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, actually. What, yeah, about, Josh, what, about, what about Josh Emmett? He's kind yeah, of on his way. He'd be a, a, a rung, up, rung up the ladder if you could take him out. He's also yeah, floating that's... in there. Uh, I heard somebody suggest uh, feeding Bryce to, uh, oh, who was it? Um, Arnold Allen? Yeah, Arnold Allen. Someone's Art like, of <laughs> but see, the call it right is, they like to they like to match up guys coming off of losses, so I don't know if they're gonna do that. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. But yeah, I don't I don't think as far as his ceiling goes, I don't think that Rice has a, a well rounded enough game to ever see a title. Uh yeah, it, he's he's got skills and it does seem like skills are growing. But I don't think that he's got what it takes, uh, and he's not quite proficient enough in in his area of expertise to Khabib guys or you know just fucking absolutely ragdoll and maul everyone he comes across. Sooner or later, somebody's gonna catch him. Uh, but that's really I fucking I yeah I fucking hate Bryce Mitchell though. That's a different topic for another time <laughs> later in the show. <laughs> I'm not a fan, not a fan of the guy. Yeah, I quite like him, but then again, I don't listen to a damn thing he, sa- he says. The only reason I listened to these, his fight talk on this one was because I knew we'd be talking about it in the show. <laughs> I just didn't get the whole, like, it's, uh, it was in a man-made fire. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. Like, <laughs> like, the Jesus thing didn't bother me because everybody says, like, what, what was it? Yeah, uh, the joke was... Um, when Yo Romero said, no, forget Jesus, no, forget Jesus. And it was, uh, you know, yeah. everyone thought, no, no, gay Jesus or some shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> but it's common. It's common. It's just, it, it was like, all right, here we go. Let's let the crazy guy go. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've heard this, no special, but on the podcast on Thursday, uh, Bryce actually did go in. Like, he's kind of leveled up the religious crazy. Like, not only did he, like, you know, reiterate the flat earth, but he kind of shut down gravity and proved that wasn't real and made a pretty wow. good argument for why the apocalypse happens this week. Like, I think it was supposed to start last night. Yeah, it was so, supposed to start last night. Yeah. So because he won, now he brings in the apocalypse? No, it was coming anyway, but now he's just fit to fight. And 
more ready for battle. Well, something about apocalypse. Oh. It is something about a comet shooting through a constellation and it signifying pregnancy or yeah, oh, I caught I caught uh some of that Thursday Believe You Me episode with Dave and yeah, he was on he was on a different planet. <laughs> I skipped straight past that shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure That's, he yeah, actually I uh, did. I did too. He posted on social media, it looked like he took his winnings and bought a bunch of uh Nikes and uh black suits and uh purple Kool-Aid, so <laughs> Let's see where this goes. Yeah, it's got to be a bit. It has to be a bit. There's no way oh, he's it, that it, stupid. Yeah, it, nobody's that stupid. <laughs> he's like, Let's gravity's see. not real, but East and West is right. Like, you you say right. that, but there was a guy who killed himself building his own rocket to prove that the world was flat. So people <laughs> are that fucking stupid. Oh, my God. You were right. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so sad, but funny. <laughs> damn it. Uh, I'm ready to move on. I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. does, uh, before we move it along, move it along. Does anybody else got any other fights from this card that they want to touch on? Anybody they wanted to highlight or anything like that? Uh, highlights, uh, if we don't fight of the night. Um, I guess uh, Marina Rodriguez versus Michelle Waterston uh, was kind of a fun fight just for the sheer levels of destruction. Uh, that she imposed upon Michelle because it looked like she was getting a wrestling game going on, and it, it might have been a you know a kind of relatively boring lay and pray kind of fight. And then Rodriguez got up, and that was that was it. She just inflicted hell with elbows and knees. Uh, and we had that slightly strange stoppage at the if if I'm getting my fights uh, in the right order, the ref stop it with about 27 seconds to go in the first round to let the doctor come in and have a look. <laughs> So yeah. why, don't you, why, don't you, why don't you just let her go back to a corner in 27 seconds and then the doctor can have a look at it? Why st- interrupt the fight at that point? I just I thought that was a bad bit of refing, to be honest. I can't even remember. Was it Mark Smith who did that one or was it someone else? I can't remember now. I think it was Mark Smith. Yeah, The, the refs were very dodgy uh, all night in certain respects. Yeah, here's what I don't understand. It's like they brought the ref in, but I don't think the ref was like looking at a cut or anything like that. It's like, is that a TKO? Like, what are you bringing the ref in for? Like, sure, normally sure. if they stop the fight and it's not to like look at a cut or something, then you know they don't it, stop the fight to bring it to just check if the fighter is okay. Like, it, it, it was to look at the cut on her eye and see whether oh, she okay. could continue or not. Hmm. Yeah, well, she had been split yeah, that open. Yeah, that white shirt turned very, very red. Yeah, and well, yeah, I mean, it, I saw a lot of blood. The cut, the cut didn't look that bad, but I well, I think they're they afraid of it like being worse. I think they're afraid of it just being worse, and that's just the other thing too. Is like she looked fine trying to get her feet underneath there for you know her grappling uh, game plan. She looked like she was executing it, not to a T, but you know, getting getting it to where the fight needs to be for her to win. She can no longer take damage. She can no yeah. longer compete with these bigger strikers or even just some of the division that you're looking at the rest of the division. I don't see a fight that she can win. And she's still even considered a top, uh, or not a top, but she's a ranked fighter in this division. And I don't know if she's supposed to be. She's too fucking small for straw weight. She still looks like an atom weight in there. Uh-huh. Which she, that's where she used to fight was at Adam Wayne and Invicta. Yeah. Well, she she looks like she still holds on a little bit of weight at like like she can like she's not. 
out of shape at, and she's in shape, but she looks like she's, yeah, like you said, she's like a natural atom weight who's just not cutting. Yeah. Yeah, I think she said that in the past. She's a natural atom weight, but she wants to fight in the UFC and they don't have atom weight, so. Is a, I don't want to go on a tangent, but that's a shame. I think that uh, it, since there's no 145, they should cut that division and bring in the atom weights. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're gonna open up a can of worms. Gonna open up a can of worms. I got some opinions on that. <laughs> I, don't know. I think a, a bigger discussion might be is Greg Jackson and Mike Wickham shit coaches for never even like checking in on her, like asking if she was okay or anything like that. They just immediately went down and went to corner advice, and she was all kinds of fucked up after that first round. Like, well, they should have probably thrown it. I would have stopped in, in between the rounds. Like nobody would have said nothing. They would have been like, "Yeah, that's kind of smart." I don't know why they didn't. They should have just stopped it to begin with when she was getting literally pieced up for 30. Was it danger? It was 30 seconds, right? Of just constant yeah, combos against the cage. I, th- I think the referee stepped in very early in the second round because he re- arguably realized he'd, he'd messed up. So when, when she got Rodriguez got her mounted and landed a two or three ground and pound shots, the referee just jumped in and went, that's enough. She's taken enough of a beating now. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, and she also... Mistake by Michelle. She brought a bloody daughter to this event. Yeah, yeah. in tears mm-hmm. from, from uh, Rose. Uh, bad mistake there, I would say. I don't know why a yeah. fighter would bring their child to a fight just in case they get the living crap beaten out of them as exactly. they do. That's what just it happened with uh, Frankie Edgar in his last fight. He had his kids there, and of course, we all know how that ended. Usman with his kids when he got knocked out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, For, um, as a future reference, maybe don't bring your kids to the fights. Just yeah, maybe just keep them at home. Put it, put a thing in the you know on, on TV and when you're fighting, you know, if your wife's there and your family and friends are there, that's fine. Like, but not your kids. Kids don't if, need to see you get your ass whipped. If you're <laughs> the opponent, if you're the opponent and you have any kind of heart, it's gotta feel shitty for you too, because like you just battered this fucking person in front of their in front of their kids and like wife or have you, you know, met? Have you have you met some of these fighters? They don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> That's why I said if you have any kind of heart. Yeah, look at Izzy when he knocked her Pereira out and shooting arrows. <laughs> you actually think Marina missed a really good opportunity there. Like, you know, when Watterson's kid was crying and she was like on the ground and all that, like just imagine if she would have looked at the kid and pointed. And then, like, pulled out arrows and started shooting them at Michelle. Oh, she, wow. They would have blown up on social media. She would have been a star. She would have got the next fight. It's like sometimes I wish these fighters would think a little bit more and take notes from fighters like Izzy and stuff because that was a big story. Her, it her would have new, been a big story. Her, it would have been her fun. New nickname, her new nickname would have been the Brazilian Witch. <laughs> Just fucking taking souls. Yeah. yeah. Was that Bryce Mitchell's ex-girlfriend, the Brazilian Witch? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know what let me uh, let me go next let me go next real quick because i did want to shout out uh tim dirty bird means for fucking putting on a fight of the night performance against rafael uh, uh filo uh, yeah, or, uh, uh, uh andre filo right yes. and i was on the edge of my seat i don't know about you guys this fight was fun to watch and watching tim put out that jab counter and then land those knees and elbows in the clinch oh my god it was it was awesome to watch and the fact that he got a win against a young guy granted he's not a top a welterweight contender but you know tim has found a way to stay relevant in this division and if i'm going to put a fight together let him and matt brown fight it out 
Ooh. That's fun. Like... Yeah, that would be interesting. Battle of the Legends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have they fought um, before? Yep. Tim lost that one because Matt Brown was getting tooled up in the beginning and then managed to survive and then elbow him to death in the corner. Yeah, why the fuck not? Bring yeah, let me let me get some of that in my life. Oh yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, it looks like Diallo's <laughs> probably on his way out of the UFC, isn't that his fourth loss in a row, I think I heard. Well he's one he might five be on the um Blood Diamond mm-hmm. plan. <laughs> well, he's a kill cliff guy. They usually have a soft spot for those guys. And then on top of it, too, I think he's one in five, but his first fight was a loss to um, uh, Michelle Pereira. And that was like, you know, Pereira tried everything and anything that he could to try to finish him, and he could do nothing. Hmm. Which is funny because now, you know, Bilal can't really make it past. The point of making it to the end. <laughs> I'd like to uh, show a little love to Mizuki, who came back after her big layoff and got a nice little decision win over Hannah Goldie. Uh, not that it really means too much, but it's just good to see her back and looking good and in the fight game again. And then a quick fuck you to Cody Brundage, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> for fucking taking that DQ win over Jacob Malcoon. That fucked me over in my picks and uh yeah, fuck you. <laughs> you see that kept that kept the pick alive for me, so I was quite happy with that. <laughs> I did pick Cody and I didn't realize it was gonna be a DQ. Set <laughs> my wins out over I can get. <laughs> right <laughs> i didn't understand that one that one felt like it was weird because it was like yeah he got hit in the back of the head but it's not like malcoon is literally throwing hammers or is known to finish people you know yeah, there, that's and, there was no ill it didn't look like he was you know attending to do that it looked like brundage turned his head mm-hmm. it's, it was stupid he shouldn't have thrown the elbow to begin with but it wasn't like a fight ending sequence where it was like he, he hit him in the spine and he, and, you know, paralyzed him and now he can't fight anymore. No, it was literally he hit him in the back of the head and he wanted nothing to do it with the fight anymore. He did take the fight on short notice, so maybe that had something to do with it. Um, I'd, I'd like to give a quick shout out. Like, I kind of sent Michelle Watterson Gomez to hell a little bit, but I would like to comment on her fighting spirit and just how much, uh, like, how strong she is internally, like... She got the shit beat out of her, and she was ready to go back out for round two. And, I mean, that's kind of been almost a little bit of a pattern recently. Like, she's gotten the shit beat out of her in a couple of fights. And, you know, her uh, fighting spirit is almost second to none. There's, like, no quit in her. And so uh, I'm pretty impressed with that. But mostly I really wanted to shout out uh, Charles Jordan in the Ricardo Ramos fight. Uh, You know, yeah, he's a pirate, which is really fun. And, you know, you don't see many of those in modern day. And he's kind of leaned full into that angle. So that's always a good time. And he's Charles Jordan's always been known more as a striker and that kind of thing. But, you know, he went in there. He got the submission. And uh, Ramos used to be like a submission threat back in the day. So it's fun to see a permanently striking base fighter get it. And there's a good lesson to be learned from this fight that I, I hope, like, the guys at ATT are listening. Like, in a fight, if you guys, like, lock up. You can pull a guillotine. You can, like, grab a guillotine, but you don't have to jump down. Like, you can just put your arm around there, and you don't necessarily just have to fall to your ass. 
<laughs> like first sequence or like earlier in the fight, you know, he Charles Jordan actually like went for the guillotine position, but he didn't jump into it and he got taken down and he kind of felt he fought with his arm there for, you know, maybe a minute and a half. And the commentary crew was actually kind of hard on him for like keeping his hand over there and yeah, not doing yeah. other things that he was supposed to be doing. Almost but then the fight gets yeah, but then the fight uh, stands up again, and he puts his arm back around in the guillotine position, and Ramos gets the takedown. Once again, he didn't jump into a guillotine and get finished, but he falls with the takedown into the guillotine position, and he got it pretty quick. So I think it was an excellent performance from Jardain. He's constantly growing, and he teaches a valuable lesson that you can go for the guillotine, and you don't have to jump into it. Mike Brown. Don't be silly. Jump a gilly. Yeah. Right. I'll shout, out, I'll shout, out, shout out one quick, uh, more quick one. Mohammed Usman for maintaining this uh, family tradition of being a dirty cheat. <laughs> he, That's he, just MMA. Stabbed, stabbed Collier in the eye, then gets five minutes off to recover. And then uh, kind of gets the win. No, I, I mean, obviously, slightly sarcastic there. He didn't mean to poke him in the eyes, I don't think. But it's just funny because the Usman brothers seem to be very good at cheating in fights and getting away with it. People yeah. Cheats. All right. Nobody got anything else on this card? I mean, obviously... No, not really. Maybe, maybe a quick shout-out to... Brent Johns and his fight for looking like a middleweighty 135 and still getting the job done. Like, it's actually kind of fun to see, like, gassed 135ers fight, like, on a rare occasion. Like, I actually kind of enjoyed that. A little bit of juicy bantamweight action. Well, folks, for one of the few times all year, we are quickly approaching a dreaded dark weekend on the UFC schedule. No fights this upcoming Saturday, and for many of us, that leaves us whittling our thumbs, maybe up our butts, debating our next move. With this temporary lull in the action, how do you donks plan to spend your weekend? Dave, what are you going to do with no UFC? Uh, I actually think I will go back on uh, Saturday night and maybe watch some old fights and... uh get a new eye on them and a new view on them just to kind of have some fun. But mostly I'm going to watch the uh, Canelo Alvarez versus uh, Charlo boxing fight Saturday night. I'm uh, kind of interested in that. And I would like to see uh, Charlo potentially get the upset and win. But the big news, the big thing for me is there's actually some good combat sports on Friday night. Um, One is having a show on Amazon prime and it's actually a really good card. It's, um, Almost all females uh, leading the card. And then you got like John Lineker and stuff. Uh, Friday night on Amazon Prime. There's like a good judo match. Uh, like Daniel Kelly's fighting. Stan Fairtax is fighting. Oh. Uh, that's a good Muay Thai. Uh, there'll be like some strawweight MMA. Like it's like it's one of their mixed cards. But you know it's a got a lot of big names on it as far as the females are concerned then it's got like uh edward fulang on it amir khan uh you know some other big names so that will actually be good combat sports on friday night that uh many people won't know about because one kind of sucks at advertising (laughs) (laughs) 
I, that's actually a pretty good heads up there, though. I didn't uh, thank you, Dave, for uh, that update on one because I know what I'm going to be doing. Don't thank me. Thank Chatri. Chatri? <laughs> yeah, thank Chatri. This is his work. Well, thank you, Chatri, for uh, this wonderful blessing on Friday night. Uh, Chatri, bless. Chatri, bless. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely going to be tuning into that. Uh, I love me some stamp Fairtex. I hope to see a stamp dance. Uh, oh, you will. You'll see two stamp dances at least. Oh, is, oh, is Mikey Musumeci in action? Uh, no, he's got a match coming up uh, in a little while. He won't be on this card Friday. Okay. Always on the lookout for Darth Rigatoni. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's good. There's some one action on Friday night. Uh, for the most part, I'm probably just gonna be hanging around the house, not doing nothing too specific. You know, uh, probably watch some old fights myself, smoke a little bit of the reefer. Yeah, the usual. But all in all, not not anything too crazy. Danger. What are you gonna be doing? I think there's only one answer, and that has to be Robert Whittaker's furious masturbation. <laughs> now, seriously. Yeah. I didn't know there was a, some one fights on on uh, Friday night, so I'll probably watch those. Other than that, alcohol, I guess, and maybe watch some old fights on Saturday night. I think we're on about having a bit of a an old-time look back at Tony Ferguson uh, to see whether he ever did stand a chance of beating Khabib. So maybe that. I well, I have a question for you. That brings up a good question. Uh, with this uh, furious masturbation, are you like a dry guy or lube? Because if you're a dry guy, you might want to kind of tone it back a little bit. That's a little too personal for this show. <laughs> okay. Fine. You brought it up. You brought it up. This is yeah, called Just Bleed Radio, huh? Don't use blood. That's gross. <laughs> there will be blood one way or another. <laughs> Well, yeah, he dried Furious Masturbate. Of course, there's going to be some blood. <laughs> that was such a line by uh, Robert Whittaker that day. <laughs> such a great moment. <laughs> well, Mr. Mr. No um, Special, what are your plans in sunny California? Uh, well, God willing that the weather doesn't change for the worse, you know, depending on... Um, you know, we're heading into fall and we don't really have winter per se, but, you know, you sneeze wrong and there'd be a little bit of rain and overcast and whatnot. So nothing too crazy, but uh, I think usually if it's not me working more or less a lot, so <laughs> I'll probably, uh, I'm not working uh, every Saturday, but I work most Saturdays and I'll say if, I, if I'm not watching fights, I'm usually out with the family doing stuff, so. Yeah, just depends, you know, I'm just along for the ride and probably pound a few beers on Saturday and then maybe, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, get, you know, <laughs> well, well, first, you know that's what we'll see, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Seems all in all, it's probably going to be a uh, chill weekend for the boys here at Just Bleed Radio. Yeah. All right, donks. Now we're going to try something a little bit different here. We're going to debut a brand new segment, and uh, we're tentatively titling this Out for Blood. And what we're going to do here is we're each going to get up to five minutes 
to log complaints towards any fighter or uh, active entity in the MMA world here. So, uh, that being said, I'm going to go first. Bryce Mitchell, you absolutely suck, and I'm out for your blood. Listen, there are very few things in life that grind my gears harder and longer than an inbred, foot-faced, ass-backwards, backwoods hick who thinks toting <laughs> around a Bible makes him some kind of New Age prophet. This certified Jan Sixer spends one day recording raps in his double-wide about cooking up bricks, and the very next day he's all over TV and social media preaching the gospel and espousing the good word. The hypocrisy is only matched by his unending reservoir of boneheaded remarks and cockamamie conspiracy theories. The earth may not be flat, but the fucking graph representing this hillbilly's brain activity is... <laughs> you can fucking imagine for a split second, if you would, the UFC brass allowing any fighter of another religion to bring their book of praise into the octagon? You can't even have a fucking flag. Absolutely not. Let's see how smoothly it goes over when a Magomed Muhammadov wants to bring the Koran into the cage. White Bird America would have a total conniption, and they'd boycott the UFC faster than Bud Light and Disney World. <laughs> Which may actually be the best place for Bryce, because the dude's a cartoon and a laughing stock. Yo, Thug Nasty, I'm out for your blood. That's, I, I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. That was good. <laughs> oh, God. I had a lot of little chuckles in there. I was trying to hold in my laughter as best as I could. <laughs> no, the more the fucking merrier. Nah, uh, uh, that was good. You had a lot of little good one-liners in there. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think mine's going to be as funny as that, but it's going to last a bit longer. So. <laughs> you want to go next, Andrew? I can do if you want. I think you're scheduled to go next, but I don't mind going next. Take your pick. Oh, oh yeah, my bad. Let me not fuck this up. All right. <sighs> do you want me to lead uh, you in, or you just want to go for it? I'll just go. I think I got this. All right. I have a. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, my victim is Iron Michael Chandler. Not for your blood, motherfucker. Why are you waiting so goddamn long to fight this wannabe fucking cokehead just to fucking maybe get a payday? Guess what? Red Penny Knight fucking left, and it's fucking gone. It's down the road, and it's out like a fart in the fucking wind. It's gone. It's over. It is what it is. You blew a fucking year just to wait for this guy to fucking come back. Guess what? He's not going to fight you in December. I don't even think he's going to fight you in January. It is what it is. We, we fucking – the boat has sailed, Michael. You should be fighting in the division that you were fucking champion in Bellator. You are two and three. You're 37 years old, and you should be fighting contenders, holding on to your spot, because guess what? You haven't fought in a while, and the rest of the division is finally moving. Justin Gaethje just knocked out Dustin Poirier. What the fuck have you done? Oh, wait, that's right, nothing. God forbid you fucking at least show us you're still worth something. I don't know how much they're fucking paying you. And I know you've done a little bit of commentary at the desk. Oh, look at me and make a chain there. I'm just here trying to be professional. <laughs> Good for you, you fucking idiot. Why don't you just get out there and fucking fight like you're supposed to instead of just hoping that, oh, please, 
let little red penny knight come back to me. You'll do as you're fucking told. You do what you're fucking told. That's what's going to fucking happen to you. You're just going to fucking vanish like a fucking fart in the wind, and nothing's going to come of this fucking stupid rivalry that you have with fucking Conor McGregor, because God forbid they do a fucking show and you still can't even get the guy to fucking show up for you. Thank you. Austin hitting the uh, F bomb record for the show there. That's that's what you got. That's that's it. That's it. That's it. I had to just. It's short and sweet. <laughs> short and sweet. I like it. Short and sweet. He's out for your blood, Michael Chandler. Yeah. Say it, Austin. Whose blood are yeah, you I'm out for? Your, I'm out for Michael it. Chandler's blood. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go after uh, Gamro a little bit from last night's main event. So, uh, Mateos Gamro, Gamrot, I am out for your blood. But here's the thing. like, I don't like blood. That shit's gross as fuck. So, I'm going to need you to like <laughs> go to a blood bank and get that shit processed and packaged and all the proper hazmat material before you get it to me. Here's the thing. I thought you did okay in the fight. But you won by freaking injury. Don't be fucking celebrating like a goddamn jackass. Like you just fucking knocked him out or submitted him or something. Don't run around the ring, yell. I mean, that shit happens all the time. And it's disrespectful and it's annoying because you didn't really win. It was TKO injury. I know he claimed that he was like uh, practicing his defense. And his goal in the fight was for like uh, Fazeev to hurt his kicks on his elbows because he was training it. But, like, that wasn't even the leg that got injured, and he's kind of just full of shit. Like, don't be celebrating over injuries and shit. Be respectful. Like, you didn't win. You fucking stop that shit. It's fucking annoying. It's disrespectful. Enough. No more. <laughs> Other than that, you might be all right. <laughs> so subtle. It's like a subtle burn, and I like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I wanted to go harder on him, but I watched the fight again. And then in the post-fight interview, he wasn't, like, that bad. But it's, like, such a stupid move. Like, I think uh, someone did that when they JDS had a match recently, and he injured himself. And the dude was, like, running around, like, yeah, well, look at this. You know, and it's like, <laughs> dude, it wasn't you. It was him. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, like he did the injury to himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did. And he did do the injury himself. Like, shut up, Mateo. <laughs> fuck you oh, and like, fuck your blood. Yeah, fuck that dumb name of yours. <laughs> I think oh, that uh, just leaves us, Dan. Yeah, save the last for best, Mister Danger Mouse. Yeah, okay, guys. Uh, you made the foolish mistake of giving me a lot of time to prepare for this, so here we go. <laughs> uh, I'm on board, man. <laughs> so here we go. As a proud Englishman, it gives me great pleasure to say, I'm out for your blood, you cheese-eating surrender monkey, Monsieur <laughs> Cyril Gann, for his recent comments on the MMA Hour where he talked to Ariel about what he wanted in his future. Uh, it seems to me that a lot of the comments I made in our post-UFC Fight Night Paris show are coming home to roost. I said in that show that Gann had abandoned two promising careers in football and basketball, and I said that he could potentially have made a career in both. He's an absolute unit of an athlete, gifted with a physique that probably makes a lot of other professional athletes jealous, never mind mere mortals like us. <laughs> he just wasn't willing to make the sacrifices that were required. So, as I said then, 
when you compare how tough his life has been to, say, Francis Ngannou's, it's a joke. I mean, admittedly, not every fighter has to mine sand as a child, but many, many UFC stars have started out their early MMA careers cleaning their gyms and sleeping in them because they were too poor to do anything else. And they really wanted to train and were willing to do anything to make that dream come true. For Cyril, it seems he just wants an easy route to his desires. He doesn't seem to want to make sacrifices. He did talk about his, how his life is now just training and family time. But it doesn't give me the same level of belief I have when Aspinall talks about how he's running his life in preparation for a title shot. Uh, following Cyril's loss to Bones, Khabib invited him to Dagestan to work on his wrestling. He hasn't gone. He just stays and trains in Paris. Nothing wrong with that, but I haven't heard about a ton of heavyweight wrestlers being dragged into Paris to train with him. Uh, again, unlike Aspinel, who now trains with an absolute, you know, a whole bunch of heavyweights, the best ones he can find in England. So anyway, first day, we'll ask him about fighting Tom Aspinel, and Cyril says, nah, I'm not interested. It doesn't make sense to him or his management. He doesn't want to fight someone lower ranked than him because it's too risky to his title chances. Uh, Tom's wrestling is very good and it's a real threat to Gan. And for Gan, he regarded his fight against Spivak as a, rest, as a risk sorry, because of the wrestling and feels he's now proven his wrestling ability uh, has improved and he doesn't have to prove it again. So, oh, and incidentally, I don't see how beating Spivak earned Gan a jump in the rankings. I can't remember how Spivak was ranked before the fight, but he's now at number seven. So beating him puts Gan above Pavlovich now. Pavlovich, who is on a six-win six streak at heavyweight in the division. How the hell is that justifiable? Uh, you'll have to ask Dave on that, I guess. <laughs> so then Ariel asks him about fighting Pavlovich, and Gan doesn't want to fight him either because his power is so dangerous. So I hate to break this to Gan, but... You're in the heavyweight division of the UFC, a group of guys who are the most dangerous men on the planet. Uh, I know we often joke about the heavyweight division being pretty bad as far as talent goes, but when you're talking the top five or so, these guys are pretty good. They're not just fat brawlers, uh, <laughs> especially the new crop of fighters that are coming through right now. So I understand that fighters don't want to go down the rankings for an opponent, but it's part of the game. Just because you're number one contender at the moment does not mean you will hold on to that position. Just ask Pavlovich. Fight between Pavlovich and Aspinall right now would almost certainly put the winner at number one contender. And maybe even Tom beating Curtis Blades would be in, enough to have him jump the queue. So what's source for the goose may also be source for the gan. Duh. Especially in a division where it's very likely there may be a vacant belt after Stipe versus Jones fight. So although with Gano's number one contender, Bones may stay around with uh, just to whoop his ass again, which would be hilarious, quite frankly. <laughs> but, but if John does as expected, wins and retires, there'll have to be a fight for that belt between two guys, and that would leave us with three, maybe four viable contenders, Gan, Pavlovich, Aspinall, and maybe Blades. Uh, personally, and yes, obviously I'm biased because I'm English, I think it should be Tom versus Sergey for the vacant belt. Uh, and if that happens, then great. But if not, then Gan will have to face one of them. So Unless Gan is thinking he can win the belt and then fight them. Uh, so I don't know. He, he seems to be either unaware or deluded about the situation that's going to unfold in the very near future. He's not going to be just be made champion. He's going to have to fight for it. 
it seems pretty clear to me that Gan doesn't fancy fighting either of them, which is not a very good look for someone who wants to be champion. Uh, you know for a fact that if you ask Pavlovich or Aspinall if they're willing to fight just about anyone, they'd say yes. Now, admittedly, neither of those is number one contender at the moment, but you know for a fact they wouldn't give off the same level of respect or perhaps what you could perceive as fear about facing any other fighter in the division. Uh, Tom Aspinall has already said that sooner or later they're going to have to fight each other, so he doesn't care how it happens. When it comes, it comes. Gan, however, seems to think he deserves a title shot, despite the fact that he was just destroyed in, what, two minutes by John Jones? So, well, Cyril, I don't believe you do deserve a title shot right now, and you should be very careful about saying you don't want to fight someone because Dana is not fond of such attitudes in the UFC. And I'm not sure right now you have enough Dana White privilege to be safe. <laughs> I can easily see a situation where Bones wins, retires, and then Dana sets up two matches to decide which fighters will compete for the belt, uh, which would be the four previously mentioned, Gan, Pavlovich, Aspen, Ellen Blades, in some kind of order, with the winner from each bout facing the other uh, winner for the title. So even if he decides on Gan versus whomever, it's going to be Pavlovich or Aspinall that he's going to have to face. Uh, so you're going to have to eventually, Cyril. So if you truly believe you deserve to be champion, you can beat them now. So stop being such a bloody wimp. Anyway, that's it. That's my bloodletting over with. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Mouse is on fire. It's so proper. I love it. <laughs> like I said, you gave me a lot of time to write shit down. So <laughs> I had time to write it down. I had a chance to read it out and time it that I could fit it into five minutes, which I think I'm pretty close to there. Now, I got a quick question for you. Uh, do you think his management plays a factor in that at all? Oh, 100%. Yeah, for sure. He, even, he mentioned it. I don't know if he's managed by like Fernand Lopez or he was just his coach, but like. I saw in February he was looking for managers on Twitter, like through some contests. So he might have some like just shit manager that's leading him astray. But I don't well, know. I think it'll not certain points. Well, most managers at certain points are basically like, we don't want to take anything that's less than what our threshold should be for us to have a big payday or as leading us to the title. So if his management is telling him, which could be Ferdinand, um, we don't want to fight anyone below us because we think our next fight could be for the title, which he wouldn't necessarily be wrong in, but no one's looking to have gone as the next title uh, contender considering, you know, he just happened to beat Bivak. Bivak was decent um, on a, uh, a decent little streak there, but, you know, you have Avalich, you have um, Aspinall, uh, hell, we don't even know what's going to happen with John and Stipe. Like Danger was saying, either of them could retire or they, one of them, you know, John probably sticks around for one more maybe. But even then, it's just like they're willing to wait in a division that can't afford to. I like that. I like that a lot. I like how you wrapped that up very succinctly. <laughs> succinctly? Was that yes. a word? Were we just saying noises? <laughs> It's better than what I was saying about Michael Chandler. You know, I didn't really give him any time to defend himself, and I'm pretty sure I just shat all over his entirety of his career. 
All right, guys. Well, that was our uh, new segment, possibly recurring segment, uh, called Out for Blood. Depending on what you donks think of this when you hear this podcast, let us know how you feel. We can uh, bring this segment back in the future. And uh-huh. next up, oh, do you have something to say? I said, mm-hmm. Like, I, mm-hmm. yeah, like, yeah, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> you like it, don't like it. Mediocre. Let us know. Yeah, we, we will take. I just watched. <laughs> I don't want to ask you. She's okay. That's fine. Okay. Okay. With that, uh, we're gonna do a uh, our usual Discord donk shout out of the week, where we take a uh, particular donk from the Discord that we'd like to show a little bit extra love to. Yeah, we're going to shout them out and then uh, any other social media or various other shout outs that you might have. So let's uh, let's go ahead and pitch this thing over to the mouse in the house. Danger, who you shout now? I could go a couple of ways on this. I could actually roast someone, but I'm too nice, so I won't do that. Um, <laughs> instead, I'm going to shout out, um, uh, what's his name now? Uh, All right guy. That was it. Um, a long time <laughs> lurker who popped into the chat very briefly. He didn't stop around for very long. But it's always nice to see a lurker call in. Uh, and the other guy I'd shout out was, uh, would be Barter for the uh, his recent meme with the uh, Bryce versus the devil. Um, which is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. If you, if you pull into the Discord and have a look at that, that's fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's about it for me this week, I think. All right, well, I have a couple of Discord shout-outs. Uh, <clears throat> first, I'm going to uh, go kind of a different direction. I would actually like to shout-out uh, Mr. Lazybed for just being an all-around great guy on the MK Discord and putting in the hard work behind the scenes, keeping the show on track, and helping us with, uh, you know, keeping a flow going and having an outline and all that. And he's just generally a great guy to be around most of the time. So I, I have to give him a shout-out. Plus, I got a shout-out uh Fozzie the Bear or uh, Big Ogre Mike. He's now known as from the MK Discord. Uh, he is just the best guy. He's had some fun arguments. And, you know, honestly... There's been some members that he's been debating with that really needed to get put in their place about their, like, colonialism views. So it's nice to see someone, you know, putting in the hard work and being the hero we need. So big over Mike. Great job. You Keep up the good work. Chef's kiss. And then I would like to... Loyal listener, too. He, he's tuned in every episode since day one. So shout out, Mike. Go ahead. Yeah, he is a loyal <laughs> listener, too. Like, that guy rocks. And then I would like to give a shout out to a little known podcast called the Luke Thomas live chat. Now, many members won't know, like many disc, uh, you know, morning combat fans won't know that Luke actually has his own live chat once a week. If you know, he's up to it and the technical issues allow for it. And it's actually a good time with a lot of interaction. And for the time being, you can get in on this live chat for only $5 and you can become a member and you get some custom emojis and, you know, your name's a different color. And for the low price of $10, you get, like, a free question every week that Luke has to answer. And the same emojis that you get for $5. <laughs> and you get to be a friend of Luke Thomas. And when you, like, are at, you know, parties and all that, you could be like, I'm friends with Luke Thomas. They're like, yeah, sure. You open up the YouTube and be like, look, right here, friend. <laughs> it's a fun podcast that I actually think uh, Morning Combat fans should listen to because it covers some of the same stuff. It's a little bit more interactive for the chat. 
and it's just overall a great time. And you don't have to pay, but if you want to be a friend, unfortunately you do. But like I said, it comes with perks and emojis and all that. And it's a great show. I think everyone should uh, give it a try. And that's Dave, my, uh, Dave out here chilling for Shattery and uh, Luke now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is true. Uh-huh. All right. Well, that leaves that leaves me, correct? Um, I I'll shout out two gentlemen who have uh, been very uh, chill with me as of late, and um, one of which uh, hates the videos that I've posted or the links to things or images that I've posted on the uh, the the Discord, and is just terrified of some of the things that I have to deal with. Uh, it's a uh, Mister Uber who also changed my color. So thank you for that, uh, Uber. That was awesome. Thank you. Um, and uh, Warden. So when I see their reactions and I harass them and I continuously harass them, it's hilarious to see the reactions and the fact that Uber himself said, I just, I refuse to look at it. I see the thing and I just don't look at it. I just, I can't, I say <laughs> no. <laughs> I thank you guys legitimately for being good sports and allowing me to harass you in good fun. So... <laughs> Both great guys. Yes. Great guys, never met them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and with me going up last here, I'm going to uh, take this a little bit different direction. I'm going to shout out my guy, the voice of the UFC, John Anik, uh, my idol, my hero. <laughs> uh, I'm a big, big time Anik stan. I love the Anik Florian podcast. Uh, doesn't get enough love at all. Uh, their view count is always really low. Chats are super dead. Uh, if you're trying to get in on the ground floor of a podcast, now's the time to get in with Anik and Florian, even though they've been around for several, several years now. It's a, it's a good time. It's a great show. Uh, big shout out to John Anik and Kenny Florian and all the boys over at Anik Florian. And then as far as uh, the Discord itself, I'd like to uh, say paging Dr. Daz, shout out Daz. Uh, Daz is our guy in the uh, Discord and also in the MK live chats. Really good guy, heart of gold. Uh, Just a hell of a dude all around and in general. And also Mr. Dead Wrong. He's fucking (laughs) always on point with the dead wrongs on Fridays on MK. So shout out Daz Riccio. Yeah. Great guy. Even better pediatrician. (laughs) <laughs> mid surfer I think he's kind of a mid surfer <laughs> don't tell him that I'm just kidding guys aloha and mahalo that's gonna do it you dastardly degenerates yet another episode in the can we hope you enjoyed today's show and as always we ask that you do the usual like subscribe share bit and help us get this product out to the masses You can catch us back here every Sunday with more fun content and programming to come. Until next time, don't drink the water down in Arkansas. (laughs) Hey, Austin. Austin. I'm out for your blood. (laughs) Fuck you, Dave. What? (laughs) Fuck you! Right. I didn't want to tell you. Fuck you, dude. Oh, yeah. I love you. <laughs> the preceding production has been brought to you by the Just Bleed Radio Network, hosted by Lazy Red. 
edited and produced by Super Dave Fairtex. Analysis and commentary by Danger Mouse and No Special. Proudly presented in association with the Morning Combat Discord.